0: So today I'll be continuing in that vein. We've been learning about life in the spirit. Today I'll be talking about the gift of discernment. Can someone say discernment? (laughs) The gift of discernment. Now when Jesus was going and the disciples were sad you know, because they had been with Jesus, he had multiplied food for them, he was there, everything he, they had comfort with him, they were sad, but Jesus said don't be sad as I'm going away, I'm not going to leave you alone I'm going to send you a comforter and the whole and that comforter is the Holy Spirit. It will teach you all things. It will tell you what to do. So pretty much, he was telling them, "You are not ever going to be alone. Don't think that you are losing out because I'm dying. I'm going to leave my Holy Spirit with you." And the gift of discernment is one of the gifts that He blesses us with. It's basically the voice of God telling us the right way to go. So if if you think about discernment, or If discernment seems a little bit too foreign to you, it's basically the ability to determine the spirit behind any activity or any action. It's also the ability to be able to see beyond what you see physically as God gives you a knowing in your heart such that you are not led only by what you see physically. You are not led by how you feel. You are not led by just what you hear in the natural. In the beginning of this series, pastor mentioned that we are spirit beings. Essentially we are spirit beings. If, God forbid, you see a dead body here right now, the body is there, but the spirit is no longer there. So is he a living soul? Is he a person anymore? No. What makes us is our spirit is the life of God on the inside of us. And that's what it's not visible, but it's the most important part of our lives. And we need to nourish our spirit. We need to be more sensitive to the spiritual realm more than what we see naturally. So discernment is the ability to determine the spirit behind every action or opportunity it's also the ability to understand the times and the seasons you're in. Ability to see beyond the surface or judge beyond our physical senses or fleshly feelings. Before we read this scripture, I also want to point here that um, discernment is not suspicion. You know, you might see someone wearing all red and you're like, why is she wearing all red? She must have been coming from somewhere. Or why is she always wearing black? You know she she must have a dark heart. That's why, right? Or why is it that she asked me how I was feeling this morning? I hope I had I hope you had a good night. Maybe she knew I had a nightmare, right? It's not suspicion. It's not oh someone you know an insect passed around you and you are screaming and you are thinking it was a demon sent to you. It's not supposed to keep you in fear. Actually, discernment ought to feed your faith. Because you are not moved by what you see physically, but you are inspired by the Spirit of God. So I want us to read this scripture. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 15. Okay. That is what the scripture says. When they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything that that shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. No one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. Using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. In verse 15, those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. But they, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. Basically what this scripture is trying to say that we know things, we know things spiritually because God has given us his spirit and it's a gift he has given up to us. The natural man, the unspiritual person may not be able to understand, may not be able to understand you and may not be under, able to understand when you explain some things because they cannot receive it. They cannot receive because they don't have the spirit of God. When you have your spirit man built, you understand the vocabulary of God. You understand how he works. There are some certain things you won't be able to do or say because your nature has changed. But the natural man may not understand. The natural man will say... This is how I feel. If I feel like this, then that's, that's, that is it. If I feel like stealing, I'll steal. If I feel like lying, if I feel like I'm in danger, I will lie and get out of it because it feels right. But as a spiritual person, it's different for you. You're going to say, I'm standing by the truth of the word of God. Doesn't matter if I experience some, some setback, but pleasing God is more important Than how I feel and what my flesh thinks. So we're not led by our flesh, we're led by the Spirit of God. And God tells, God is willing to tell us things only if we listen, only if we pay attentive. Last week, Pastor was mentioning about how we can cultivate the right environment, how we can man our eye gates, our ear gates, our mouth gates, because we want to create the right atmosphere for the spirit of God to be able to tell us things and to be able to direct our paths why do we need discernment in these days these days are evil I was listening to um, a preacher in England I'm not sure if that's the same um, pattern here but what he was saying was that there are many churches closing down these days but there are many um, occultic places opening up where people um, they sign up to have their minds read, they sign up f- to have their palms read, they they sell crystal stones, they burn sage. Witchcraft is becoming more rampant in these days, and of course, there's you know false prophets, false teachers. People who say things that are outside of the word of God, figments of their imagination, they convince people. And I believe that there's a hunger and a thirst in our hearts to know what is next, right? If someone comes to tell you, oh, I'll tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. I'll tell you what's going to happen in the next future, in the the next year to come. I want to know because I want to be prepared, (laughs) right? I don't want to be caught by surprise. I don't know about you, but I usually like planning. I like preparing. If there's danger ahead, I want to know, right? So I think, that, I think that's normal for everybody. You want to, to eleve, I mean, some people are more planners than, than, than others. But especially if there's evil ahead, you want to know so you can avoid it, right? Maybe if it's a surprise, it's fine. I mean, everybody will be happy at last. But if, it is, if there's danger ahead, I would like to know. I believe that everybody has that desire to know what is next. And I believe that's why a lot of all these um, devilish powers and centers are selling. Because a lot of people are subscribing to it. But what they don't know is that when you, when you go to such places, you create an invitation for the enemy to come into your life. If you notice, I mean I've not been there, but one of the things that happens is that most times they tell you, what happened in your past right they can tell you what happened in the past but then they create fear for what will happen in the future and they'll tell you if you want to avoid this then do this sacrifice or do this method and then you get hooked to it you go back to them again you keep doing the the same things to sort of avoid and sometimes when the devil sells things to you he doesn't tell you that you pay back the first thing you pay back with is with your peace because you live in fear you live in the fact that if I don't go and see that person to tell me what next I will not know what to do you live so you know like something may happen next and I don't know about it i have not gone to visit that person again and you get hooked it becomes a cycle of fear and you know what fear attracts evil but why would you go put yourself In such torment, when God can tell you exactly what you need in your own room. Because Jesus already paid the price. Remember, I started by saying that Jesus told the disciples, You don't need to be sad because as I am am going, I'm going to send you another helper who will be with you, who will help you. He will teach you all things. You have an advantage in the Holy Spirit if you need to know what hap- will happen in 5 years he will tell you if if you need to know what happens what will happen tomorrow he will tell you if you do not need to know he will not tell you but guess what through the water through the fire he will be with you and he will give you victory victory through it all that's what you need everything you need is in God you can find it in God don't go searching everywhere all those evil places out of curiosity and open a window to something that you cannot control seek God seek his word I'm going to share some things with us today so that we we would um, be equipped with how to build up ourselves amen so let's read this scripture and we'll have a couple of scriptures to read but let's start with this or let's continue with this First Timothy chapter 4 from verse 1 to 2 another reason just just emphasizing the reason why we need to know about discernment these days he says um Okay, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times in the last days some will turn away from the true faith they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons verse 2 these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead and unfortunately people are following them people are following them. The reason why you need to be a discerning person is that you will be able to make the right choices. Remember we said the gift of discernment gives you the ability to see beyond the natural. So you'll be able to make the right judgments. You'll be able to say no even when things look good. Someone said that even the prison has a door. So not every door is a door you should go through. There are sometimes some doors are opened. Everything looks good in the natural. But it's not for you. You don't want to go through those doors that will lead you to a limited place or to bondage. Some things are also good, but they are not the best for you right how many of us want the best the best of the best yes so some things are good but they may not be the best for you if you are discerning you would know this is a good choice but i'm going to wait for my best i'm going to wait for god to tell me when it's time and definitely some things are bad for you the bible says that there's a way that seemeth right unto a man but the end leads to destruction Some people have ended up in marriages that ended their lives or situations that they couldn't come out of because they took the wrong turn. And that was because they were not discerning enough. So to emphasize on the fact that some things things may look good and appear rosy, but at the same time, it might be inspired by the devil. I want us to read this scripture in Acts chapter 16 from verse 16 to... 18. Acts chapter 16 from verse 16 to 18. So background story, um, okay. So the disciples were busy doing the work of the Lord. And then suddenly there was this woman, this girl who had an inspiration to follow them verse 16 says one day as we were going down the place of prayer we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved so was she right when she said that was she right? Yes. But she she was doing this. So uh, verse 18 says, this went on day after day. So day after day she kept on saying this until Paul got so agitated or exasperated. He turned to her and said, I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And instantly it left her. Verse 19 And immediately right, so Basically, the spirit left her. But what was the manifestation of of the spirit on the inside of her? She was saying things and she was telling people to listen to these men of God. They were men of God. But it took discernment for Paul to know that this was not the spirit of God. Now, if he was hungry for someone who will make him go viral if he was hungry for attention, if he was hungry for people to applaud him, if he, if he needed a hype man or hype woman, he wouldn't have cast that spirit out. But because his appetite was to please God, because he was in line with God, he was able to discern that though she was saying the right things, it she was inspired or she was, there was a demon on the inside of her. So you need discernment because some things may appear good. They have all the juicy details. But when you have discernment that the Holy Spirit gives you, you'll be able to say, no, there's something about this that doesn't feel right with me. So I'm not even though it seems good. Not fear, not fear to take take on opportunities now. There's a difference between fear and discernment. Hallelujah. So, how does discernment come? How do you be a person who is discerning by the word of God? And this is very, very, very important. The word of God should be our compass, should be our compass, it should be our essence. The word of God is the revealed will of God. Now I know that there are certain situations where maybe God does not certainly say go to Texas or go to you know a particular place maybe there's a decision that you need that is tailor-made for you not expressly written in the word of god but the word of god gives you the mindset it it clears up your mind it fashions your mind aligns your mind to the word of god so you can think like god and then you can receive from him what he wants you to do give you that tailor-made decision you know solution to whatever decision you're trying to make the word of God is the, reveal, the, the revealed will of God and it aligns your mind and your thinking so that you can think the way God thinks and you can receive his messages. Let's read Hebrews chapter 4 from verse 12 to 13. It's quite a popular scripture and it speaks about the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 from 12 to 13. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful, It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So the word of God can search our hearts if you're trying to make a decision and decide that Lord, I'm going to study your word, I'm going to be in your presence, I'm going to hear your voice he's going to open your eyes to see your intent to see your heart to see, how many of you have read the word of God, you feel like this was addressed to me for now yeah, I know sometimes in church when the pastor is preaching wives, asking they're asking I hope my husband is hearing what pastor is saying, it's like you're receiving the word of God for someone else But primarily, the word of God is for you. And tells you what your intent is. Even when no one knows. Because it can appear to everybody at times when I've done things and the Holy Spirit is like, you better check your attitude. Because everybody will think, oh, you've done a wonderful thing. But in your heart, you know it was because you're selfish. That's why you did that. It's the Holy Spirit, through the word of God, that exposes you, not to condemn you, not to make you feel less than who you are, but to align you, to align you, to make sure that you are in the straight and narrow, to make sure that you are good. Hallelujah. Let's read this example in first Kings chapter three from verse 16 to 28, how the word of God can help you make the right decisions. This was a story of Solomon Solomon, before he became king, he asked the Lord, Lord, give me discernment, give me wisdom, so that I'll be able to judge the people. And he says, some time later, and can I say this here? When I was reading this scripture, there are some times, you need to pray this prayer all the time. God, help me. I need you. I need your spirit. I need your guidance. Because a lot of times, if you wait till when you need it, your your flesh can... Becloud your judgment for a simple example is in this the the, the issue of marriage or, or choosing a life partner you don't pray ahead of time you don't prepare ahead of time you don't listen to you know messages ahead of time and then there's a, there's someone who comes along and your flesh is already feeling that this is a good idea you didn't ask God before you didn't hear from God before even in in the little matters and then you suddenly want to get it right of course God by his mercy he helps us but we need to apply wisdom here with our lives let us be prepared so in this scripture Solomon asked God for wisdom and he says sometime later a situation presented itself and he says sometime later two prostitutes came to the king to have an argument settled the next verse. Please my lord, one of them began. This woman I live with in the same house. I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was, there were were only two of us in the house. But her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it. I wonder how that happened. Then she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. And in the morning, when I ha- when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman interrupted It certainly was your son, and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, the living child is mine, and the dead one is yours. And so they argued back and forth before the king. Then the king said, Let's get the the facts right. Both of you claim the living child is yours, right? And each says that the dead child belongs to the other. All right, bring me a sword. So he brought a sword. So a a, a sword was brought to the king. And then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to the one, to, to one woman and half to the other. And then the woman who was the real mother of the living child. And who loved him very much, cried out, Oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right. He will neither be yours nor mine. Divide him between us. Then the king said, Do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live. For she is the mother. And everybody was wowed by that wisdom. But can you see what he did? He said, Bring me the sword. And what did we read about the sword? The word of God being the sword. The word of God is, a, is sharper than two-edged sword. Bring the word of God to this situation. Don't think that doesn't apply to you. Be prepared. Remember Scripture said some time later, as you do your daily devotion, as you read, you are becoming wiser and smarter. You are becoming you are building your vocabulary so that when the situation presents itself, what comes out is the word of God. You are so saturated with the word of God, anything that pierces you, what comes out is the word of God. That's your response to situation, that's your response to things, the word of God. But if you don't spend time to invest in the word of God, how will you be able to discern? You know, the word of God tells you the character of God, it tells you God is loving, God is compassionate. Tells you he never fails. Tells you he's not into all those fetishes. So when someone tells you some things that is not in, in alignment with the character of God, that you have studied through the word of God, you're able to discern that no, this is not what the word of God says. Fear anybody that tells you, doesn't matter what the word of God says, just do what I'm telling you to do. Let's face reality. You know That's what people say. That's what they're telling you to do, to live according to your flesh. But No. We live by the word of God. There's always going to be that fight between living by the word of God, living by the, the flesh, and living by the word of God. Say the word of God is my standard. Can someone say that? The word of God is my standard. Hallelujah. So the king said, bring me the sword. That was the Old Testament. I believe that was symbolic if you have any question go to the word if you have any confusion go to the word ask the lord lord open my eyes that's taking us to the second point prayer especially praying in the spirit fasting fasting kills your flesh puts your flesh under it leaves you consecrated to God and says, I'm not, I'm not hungry for my own appetite. I'm hungry for your will, Lord. I want to know. So if you're facing any place where you need to make a decision, that's what fasting does. Fasting doesn't change God. Fasting changes you. It opens your eyes to see better. So when you're fasting, you're supposed to be studying the word of God. You're supposed to be praying. You're supposed to be worshiping, creating that uh, uh, better atmosphere for you to receive from the lord hallelujah so prayer is how we receive um discernment from the lord don't rush into decisions don't rush into decisions there are times people will say oh if you don't get it now if you don't get it now it's a, it's, it's a deal lost forever and ever just trying to put you in that place where you feel like you are going to miss out calm down I once heard somewhere that it's better to make A delayed decision than to make a rushed Decision Because you can always catch up There are some things that you can catch up with But there are some decisions When you make it, it's very, very hard To get back to the original stage Example, even in marriage There's no how you There's a scenario someone put Gave me one time Like a salt and a pepper Like joined together in the middle with glue with those heavy gums, that heavy duty gums and somehow they're able to separate it but you could still see the scar on those two items that were glued together because that's what the world will tell you if it feels right, go for it and if it doesn't feel right again in marriage then get on your own way but it leaves, can leave you with a scar That may be hard for you to ever recover from. So the best thing is to get it right. Get it right. And you have the advantage in the Holy Spirit if we just take our time, listen to him, prepare ourselves. Hallelujah. This scripture is quite a familiar one, just encouraging us to keep in tune with the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6. It says, trust in the lord with all your heart do not depend on your own understanding and it says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path Acknowledge. it means that you don't just say "Oh, well, this is something I'm already used to you involve him lord I'm going out today I'm going to walk today help me show me that person I need to be kind to teach me when to slow down teach me to be patient teach me also when to take the opportunity but it's just really dependent on the Lord. You know that hymn that says, um, I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour, every moment, I need you. That's being in a place of constant prayer to God and, and asking the Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me. I don't know it all. Scripture here says, do not trust in your own understanding. You may have done it a certain way for so long, but maybe God wants you to take another route today. But will you know, if you don't pray, if you don't ask him, if you don't invite him. So that's how discernment comes, by giving him the opportunity. Lord, I'm open. Lead me. Guide me. I don't, I don't trust in my own senses. The third thing I'll say here is similar to what Pastor mentioned last week about the inward spirit. You know, as born again Christians, if you have received Christ into your life, you've received the Holy Spirit as well. And there's an inner witness on the inside of you. So anytime you have a check in your spirit about something, everything may seem really good. But if you just have this nudging in your heart that something doesn't feel right, don't don't go ahead. That's God speaking to you. And if you're not sure, just pause. Don't rush into it. Just pause. And say, Holy Spirit, please lead me, guide me. Sometimes you may not understand. It's after maybe the tragedy or after the incident, then you understand, oh, that's why oh, that's why. Have you had an experience where you feel like something told me I shouldn't do this, old, but I went there. Something told me I shouldn't pass this route, but I just said, this is the right I always pass. There was a time I was, I was driving someone and that was when we were at the other church and the person came over to the house and I was taking the person back home and I was almost like, okay, I'm going through the same route that I normally go. This is the route I take every Sunday. This is the route I took when I was coming here. What could be any different? And I just went to my GPS at the time and I pressed the location. And it took me on a different route. And when I looked at the map, I could see that the alternate route would have probably taken me a whole lot, much longer time to get there. Maybe an accident happened on the way. Maybe there was something. But how about if I did not press that navigation and say oh i'm already used to the way i would have spent longer time of course i'll still get there but why would i why do i need to go through that when i could have just you know received the best way remember there's a good way there's a good choice for you but the best choice is always the best choice hallelujah so when you have a check in your spirit um, remember I said it's not suspicion. Because not, you know, sometimes some people feel like, oh, they suspect everybody. They suspect every move and they don't go anywhere. They are stagnant. Right? They suspect every move. Why are you kind to me? Why are you? There must be something there, right? It's not suspicion. Let's, let's yield to the Holy Spirit to teach us the difference. Hallelujah. And I wrote here that you must first have the peace and the joy in your heart because some people say oh i feel i feel peace in my heart that's why i'm going toward a direction but if you did not have any peace in your mind before with god you won't even know when you're going the wrong way okay imagine this person now um she has been waiting unto god to get married there's this fine dude that shows up comes to church prays in tongues very dedicated comes to workers meeting and he has a fine car smells good of course you will feel peace you will feel peace about it what is the red flag there it's kind to everybody that's just an example it may appear so good but it may not be. The, you may be have some generational issues with. Yeah. I'm not saying. Uh, by the way, my husband is fine. He's dedicated, unto <laughs> the Lord, and it was a it was the best choice for me. Hallelujah. So there are people that have, have complete packages, right? I'm not saying that because I think, I think I was at a conference recently. Was at a convention, I think, and somebody was saying that. Um, um, I'm not, I'm not sure where I was, but I was in the place where. But then they had a lot of young girls, and the person was saying, "Ah, don't go for fine, go for anointed. Don't go for." <laughs> and I was like, ah, "But it can also be fine and anointed." As so I say, yes, it's true. But I think what the person was trying to say is so I don't elevate the physical appearances over what is really essential, because really in a marriage that lasts 50 years, like Pastor Kingsley was saying, when you ask them the secret, you will not say, ah, is this my tallness or the fineness of my wife that sustained us in this marriage? No. What would sustain you is the content, the person on the inside. So yes, I I know that there can be fine and anointed, but I believe that you should elevate the essential more than the physical. I tell you, in situations of life, when the rubber meets the road, you will not look at the fineness that's not even apparent in this situation. You need someone who can pray with you, someone who will support you, someone who will push you to fulfill your destiny. And when you are down, the person will pick you up. So let's elevate what's important, let's elevate the spiritual more than the physical. So, I was saying about the inner peace. If you don't have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you don't know how He leads you and guides you. When it's missing, you won't know the difference, right? It just it just feels good. It'll just be like a feel good experience, and you'll go ahead with it. So that's why it's important to, you know, build your and uh, cultivate your relationship with Him, even in the little things, in the little things. And I think in my own Christian work, um, I I don't know if it's the same experience with you. But I, there was a time I used to feel like I would be afraid that I would miss it, right? I, I feel like, oh, um, how about if I felt it was God who said something or he nudged my heart towards something and I followed it and it wasn't God. That's okay. God has got you. God has got you. He knows, he knows when you are sincerely wrong and he's not going to punish you for that he's going to reroute you if you have a heart that is obedient to God he will reroute you and he'll make everything alright God works all things together for our good to them that love him so what is important is that we hold on to him if we are sincerely wrong he'll correct us in love and he'll bring everything back together he works all things so you don't need to be afraid I, I'm going to get it wrong you don't need to be afraid He's going to help you. He's with you through it all. So, the, the inner witness is a way that you can discern the will of God. And when you know the Lord, you know when He's with you. I think in the um, Bible study we had earlier today at 10 30, one, one of the consequences of sin is disconnection from God. So, when you are not in alignment with the will of God, you will know if you've known what the presence of God is like before. So when something happens and you're like, what's going on here? God will now bring you back to where it should be. There was an instance, I remember I was doing youth service in Nigeria, there was a lady who was selling gold pretty gold from the north and they were pure. And she was going around, she was telling us, oh, it's expensive, but you can pay in portions and everything. And uh, me, I wanted to up my game. I was like, okay, let me... I I had a check in my heart. You know, but I just felt like, oh, it's because I I felt because of my personality, I'm too simple, I don't like, you know, all those kind of things. I felt like, okay, let me just try something (laughs) that's not like you know who I normally am so I went there I said okay I don't have the money now but give me our I could not sleep I took it I could not sleep I just, the next morning <laughs> I knocked I said I'm so sorry I really love this but I don't have the money and I don't want to take it I don't want to owe you I know I could probably but I just don't have peace about it thankfully she took it back And I know that this... I mean, I'm not judging you if, you know, you've taken... You've bought things on, you know. I'm not saying... What I'm just trying to say was that I could not sleep for me. Maybe there was something else God wanted me to use the money for. Maybe it just wasn't right for me. I don't know. I just couldn't sleep. So, I went back. I felt embarrassed because I, I didn't want it to seem like, Oh, I collected something I knew I couldn't pay for. But... I guess my peace was more important to me than what she thought about it. My peace was more important than, than what people would say, and that I believe that should be our stance. My work with God, my peace with God, is more important. And so, if I need to write a wrong, I'll I'll write I'll I'll go back. I lied. I told a lie about. So I, I said I. I'm so sorry. There are times I've scolded my children. I knew I did it out of anger and frustration. And I've told them I'm sorry. Because God prompted me. That you know you don't do that. And I went back. Of course it's humiliating. Of course. But they are so kind. So said that's okay mommy. So the Holy Spirit can tell you. Can nudge your heart. And don't trade that peace for anything. doesn't matter what anybody else says. Hold on to what God says. And guard your peace. The Bible says, I won't read this because we're, we're running out of time. Philippians chapter 4. is a very familiar scripture. Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6 to 7. It says, don't be anxious for anything. But in prayer, make your petitions known unto God. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God will guard your heart. So don't lose don't lose that peace hallelujah the next one I want to say is dreams and visions God can give you discernment and he can point your heart to something through dreams and visions but I also want to say that dreams and visions should always be aligned with prayer and the word because sometimes you just ate fufu sometimes you just watched bad movie and it just, you know, you'd carry it over to your sleep, to your subconscious. So, but if you are a person who is always in tune with God, your dreams and your visions, there are, there are a few times that I, things have come to me and I've prayed about it in my dream and they did not manifest to the glory of God. So, God can reveal something to you or He can give you a picture of what the future will be like and that's like a dream in your heart just like Joseph right he told his, his, his brothers and his parents that this was going to happen they scorned him they, they thought you, you, you must be out of your mind but it came to pass it was how God was telling and if you notice people who have that I, I've even seen people who will say my dreams hardly fail there are some people that God speaks to like that they've come to um, tune themselves with God and God ministers to them like that Remember the story of Joseph and Mary. I have that here as a a scripture reference. Joseph and Mary. Mary came with a ridiculous idea that she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Joseph was a righteous man. And he decided, he had a decision, he was going to put her away. If we read that scripture in Matthew chapter 1, 19 To 25, he said he decided to put her away because he didn't want to cause any disgrace, but he had a dream. The angel appeared to him and told him exactly. But one thing I want to point there, let's read verse 25 in that scripture. I believe it's the familiar scripture, so we won't read it. Verse 25. Can we go to 24? there's a part there that says this happened so that the will of God will be fulfilled. If you can find that for me, what I just want to highlight here is that you can have dreams, but make sure that you are in tune with God and you always check with the word of God. Verse 22, he says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord. So confirmed by the word and by his prophet, saying blah, 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 blah. And again, when king at the time wanted to the herod wanted to kill him joseph also had a dream to take the child away from there he had a dream and again toward the end you see as it was written in scripture so dreams and visions always check like don't take it hook like hook line and sinker especially as you are just beginning if you are beginning that experience or you have a dream don't take it like this is exactly what it is. You need the wisdom of God. You need the word of God. You need experience sometimes to, to interpret it the right way. So God ministers to people and he directs people through dreams and visions. The last one I want to mention here is by prophecy or prophetic gifts. So sometimes in a gathering like this, person who is preaching might get an inspiration you know, there's someone here who has this, you know, situation. I feel like this is what the Lord is telling you to do. And that's great because there are many prophetic, prophetic gifts and prophets that have helped people a lot. In the old days, in the old Testament, you saw that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. The word of the Lord came. So God, would download a specific instruction to people, to to certain prophets, and he would disseminate it to them. And it's great. We still have it in the body of Christ. The Bible says that he gave gifts unto men. And some were prophets, some are pastors, some are teachers. So those gifts are essential in the body of Christ. Uh, But I would just say, don't depend 100% on them without your own walk with God because again these prophets are men of God men of God men of God human being of God and sometimes they can get it wrong not intentionally I don't mean people who intentionally say wrong things to wrong people or some people who don't know what they are saying my husband gave this example of he was the one who had the experience but (laughs) he said that there was a certain auntie one of his aunties that took his took my name when they knew that he was going to get married And i think he and his cousins they were going to get married at the same time too Uh, so they took the spouses of the female cousins and they took my name to go and pray to a prophet <laughs> and the prophet said that I am not his wife but the other people's husbands they are they were. so I don't know I mean nobody was um, mean to me my my in-laws my yeah, my family in love nobody was mean to me but I just heard that that's what happened you know and I got married to him today we are married. The other two people that they said, those are their husbands. They are not married today. They, they separated. They divorced. So, we must be careful. We must be careful. We must be careful. And I know that we are thirsty to know what is going to happen in the future. But we must do the hard work of building our own work with God. We must do our hard work of building our walk with God and hearing God for ourselves. We must do the hard work of hearing God for ourselves. You cannot dispatch it to somebody else. What your pastor, what your prophet should tell you should be a confirmation of what God is already dealing with you about. But we are lazy we want someone who will call our phone number and tell us the, what the color of car we have and they will say bring a thousand dollars and everything will be fine it is hard work because our flesh does not want it our flesh does not want to fast ah, I'm the pastor let me cover my face but when they mention the ICCG fast I'm like holy spirit help your daughter because I like to enjoy good food It's not easy on the flesh but it is hard work we must do. Is it easy to be focused on your phone studying the word of God and you see a real coming up? It takes focus. We must say no to those things and say yes to the hard work of the word of God. This is a story I want us to read in scripture about the old prophet and a young prophet. This scripture is in 1 Kings chapter 13, 9 to 25. It's a long read, but we, we can end with that. 1 Kings chapter, nine, chapter 13 from verse 9 to 15. So, like I mentioned, in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, the word of God will come to a prophet. The prophet will go declare to the king. So, this was what happened. He declared to the king, uh, the, the son of Solomon, and told him that this was what God was going to do. So, verse 9 here. So it was commanded by me it was commanded me by the word of God saying you shall not eat bread nor drink water nor return the way you came. Right? This was instruction God gave him. So he delivered the message and he said I'm not going to take your property because God has commanded me. So he followed he went another way just as the Lord said and did not return by the way he came to Bethel Now an old prophet that dwelt in in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. And their father said to them, which way did he go? For the sons had seen which way the man of God went, who came from Judah. Judah. Then he said to his sons, Saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode on it. The next verse. And he went after the man of God and found him sitting under the oak tree. He was tired, maybe. Then he said to him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? He said, Yes, I am. Then he said to him, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go go with you because God said so. God told him because God told me that I shouldn't do so. So let's move further to verse 17. So I've been told by the Lord I shall not eat bread or drink water there. Verse 17 verse 18 sorry He said to him, I too am a prophet just as you are and an angel spoke to me by the word of God saying bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water in brackets he was lying to him so he went back with him ate bread in his house and drank water now it happened that as they sat at the table that the word of God came to the prophet for real for real who had brought him back. And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of God and have kept the commandment which the have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God had commanded you. And he told him, Because of that, you would die. Right? Gave him a cause. When I read this, I was feeling sad for the young man of God. he he started well and that should be a prayer for all of us Lord as I'm starting well Lord help me finish well help me not to be distracted he started well he turned back he took a rest which is normal if you are tired walking but this old man came this old prophet came and said I too am a prophet an angel appeared to me but he was lying why did he lie that's my question to him if I see him here, I will ask him why if I did and God now spoke to that same man for real for that said ah, you have lied <laughs> you have sorry you have disobeyed the Lord I was like it's not fair now right but he said he said to him to do what God had already told him not to do what has God told you to do? Someone else is telling you, don't, are we not Christians? Are you the only Christian in Chicago? Everybody does this. Please, don't say that you are holier than I am. We are all worshipping God together. If I did it, you can do it. We ask God for forgiveness. We move on. I encourage you to do what God has told you not to do. Now that man, actually when I read the remaining part of the, the scripture I saw that this old man, he may have had good intention. He may have had good intention. He was tired. Maybe he wanted to hear his own revelation from him. How is it that you are a prophet, a younger prophet? God told you, he bypassed me, an old prophet, to tell you something. Tell me what you know, share some revelation with me. Maybe he was just he just wanted to fellowship with him. Maybe he just wanted to give him something. My my question is: just if you he was tired, just give him. The, um, the saddle donkey, right? Because it seemed to me, it didn't say that the, the young prophet had a donkey. That's why he sat under the oak tree. In fact, at the end, after they finished eating, the old prophet gave him his own donkey and said, Be going. It was now on the journey that a lion killed him and did not attack the donkey. So the lion attacked the old, the, the young prophet and left the donkey so he didn't have a donkey he was tired you should have just given him the donkey and said okay get to your destination safely we can connect on whatsapp tell me let's you know just the connection we can continue our conversation later next time you are passing through this place this is where I live but you now told him a lie and he got to a wrong place there was this last that story I will say it was not anything big. So some of us know that I left the I left England to to come here because we believed this was where God wanted us to be. I had a job it was a crazy idea, but we just trusted that this was what God wanted me to do. My husband was here he didn't have a job. Me I had a job, but I left the job to come and meet him. I don't recommend this, but I was working with a conviction. If I had to tell my parents, it was not easy for me. I'm sure they were wondering, are you okay? Ask my mommy later how she took it. I don't know. Ask her, how did you, you know, but I guess they just prayed and trusted that these people know what, at least if they need money, they will ask us, we will give them. Maybe <laughs> that's what she was thinking. I don't know. But, uh, so, so we, we had our marriage, we did the marriage ceremony. And one of a precious man of God, very dear to us, told us that when you are coming to America, both of you come separately. You may come on the same flight, but appear to the immigration person separately, so they won't know you are together. Because if they know you are together, they may prevent you from coming in. But both of us just looked at ourselves. We said, no, that's not going to happen. A respected, loving, caring man of God, but he he had an intention. He wanted us to be okay. He wanted us to be safe But we said no You know we're already Walking like we were crazy Like leaving the Known to the unknown We're like if we are doing the wrong thing Let it just end at the border We're like As we come We come together God if it is not your will Send us back at least I'll be able to repair Get back to my work and everything So we we enter together and we entered together. Nobody said, are you married? Yes. The man even told us, when you enter, change your status. He told us what to do. T- to us, that was a confirmation because in the natural. Because we didn't want to go back and say, ah, this is what kept us in this country. Oh. We followed our wisdom. Pastor, you go first, then I'll go next. Or I will go first, you go there. Let's not go together because We don't want the man. Our conviction was God has sent us here. This man cannot stop us. And if he stops us, then we know that God has not sent us here. Right? So that's a simple example, nothing consequential, nothing. I mean, if we are coming separately, maybe this will not even be a conversation today. But the Holy Spirit brought that to my memory. That when you're walking with a conviction from God, you need to hold on to it. It doesn't matter who. Now, that person is anointed. Even a prophet of God knows the Lord, has helped you in the times past, told you things before. But you have a word from the Lord. Hold on to it. Now, this testimony, nobody can take it from me. Someone says, who sent you here? I'm able to say, the Lord brought us here. And he has helped us. I won't say it's because of my own skill, because I know how to manage myself. So God was trying to preserve that. And that's why He told us don't do that. Go together. You're on this mission together. Don't try to deceive anybody. You both sit together, enter together. And that's what we did. So that's my encouragement to us today. Let's be discerning, let's hold on to the word of God, let's be watchful about prophetic gifts whatever anybody tells you that is you know you have a check in your spirit pray about it let's do the hard work of fine tuning our spirit, man, so that we are hearing things we are seeing things beyond the natural occurrences we'll pray in a short while but do you know that even this discernment can help you in your relationship with people There was a time I was burdened about somebody and God told me that it was the the history of that person with her father. That's why. And that helped me to be able to deal with the person. You know, the world will call it emotional intelligence. You need to be able to judge people and act wisely. The Holy Spirit can give you insights into things that will help you deal with a person that a natural person will not be able to do you know that Jesus had discernment? That's how he was able to deal with Mary Magdalene or even the woman at the well because he could see beyond their patterns in the natural. People despised them but they discerned that there's something, there's a future on the inside of you. There's, you've been abused, yes. Do you know that that woman at the well she hadn't even finished the conversation with jesus she went to the city to win the whole city for jesus jesus saw that she could do that he had discernment so in the way you judge people this discernment can help you discernment can help you see beyond that the person behaving that way is hurt disappointed does not have a walk with god has been wounded and your outlook will be different. Remember, I also said that discernment gives you the ability to see beyond the natural, but it doesn't stop there. When you see beyond the natural, it helps you to take the steps in the right direction. Because there are sometimes some things have been revealed to us. We don't follow through. We don't obey. We walk in disobedience. That's not the end. That's why sometimes some prophets they end up being you know having scandals and things like that because they don't do the word of god the word of god is not only to be revealed it's also to be done so when god reveals things to you he reveals secrets to you he tells you about people he wants you to deal with compassion with them he wants you to be patient with them helps you even when you're dealing with a teenager or a child that's walking in a way that you don't really understand discernment can tell you what to do may not be common. may not be what everybody saying to do. But your own child, God will tell you. So I want us to end this morning by just opening our hearts to the Lord. Because he's our helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He wants to tell us things. He wants to show us things. But we need to be open to him. We need to surrender to him. We need to trust him. We need to be vulnerable with him. To tell him, I need your help. I, have, I don't got it figured out, anything. No. You teach me, Lord. You teach me, Lord. We're going to take a prayer from Psalm 119, verse 66. This was a prayer of David. Psalm 119, verse 66. And it says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Can we just rise up to our feet this afternoon? As we commit ourselves to God, if you are already a Christian, if you already have received Jesus into your life, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. You already have the help. You just need to acknowledge him and open your heart to him. And if you do not have a relationship with Jesus or you feel like you have been disconnected with him, I want to invite you this afternoon to say this prayer along with me. If you know that you do not know the Lord, you know that your relationship with him is not where it should be. I want to invite you this morning or this afternoon to say this prayer with me. You say, dear Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying for me. I confess that I need you. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. From today, help me to walk daily with you. Help me to live my life for you. And by your grace, I will be a living sacrifice unto you. In Jesus' name amen if you said that prayer for the first time or again after some time please see me or any of the pastors who would like to walk with you that's one of the, the the ways to ensure your walk with god that you tell someone about it that they can pray with you that they can give you resources they can share with you their own testimony so that you can you know you can feel not alone in your journey and feel like you have a family and so let's pray that prayer that i shared earlier psalm 119 verse 66 I want you to ask the Lord. Maybe you're at a crossroad right now. Maybe you feel like you may have even taken a wrong turn. I want you to ask the Lord. Lord, teach me. Lord, align me. Teach me. Align me. Teach me, Lord. Align me to your will enable me to do the hard work of studying your word, of praying so that I'll be sensitive to your spirit. I'll be sensitive to your leadership. Lord, help me. I know in myself I I can't do it. I know in myself the flesh wants to take over but Lord, I want your spirit to take hold of me. I know that I have an advantage in you. I know I have an advantage in you. I know I have help in you. I know you want to show me things. I know you want to help me through every season of my life. I know you, you want to help me through every, every part of my journey. Please help me. I invite you into my life once again. Forgive me for times where I've walked away. Forgive me for times where I've heard your voice, but I went my own way. This morning, I commit myself to you again. I consecrate myself to you again. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me. Help me. And align me to your will, O oh God. Thank you, mighty Father. Thank you, mighty Father. I want to encourage you in your own personal time. Make this a constant prayer. Lord, help me. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. I don't know it on my own. I can't depend on myself. But you can help me. Teach me. I just want to encourage you to do that in your own time. Hallelujah.